Nuclear energy has a bad reputation in the Philippines. That the Bataan nuclear power plant is unfit and unsafe is what Carlos A. Arcelia calls, quote, the greatest piece of fake news in the history of the Philippines, end quote. In this B-side episode, Dr. Arcelia, the director of the Philippine Nuclear Research Institute, tells Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana about the state of nuclear power in the Philippines from its rocky history in the 1970s to its potential role in helping safeguard the country's energy security in light of the depletion of the Malampaya gas field and the threat to coal exports because of the Russia-Ukraine war. Hi, Dr. Arcelia. Welcome to B-Side. I'm Bron Laksamana, a multimedia reporter for Business World. And today, I want to hear your thoughts on the state of nuclear power in the Philippines. This will include an overview of the now-defunct Bataan nuclear power plant and your expert opinion on what should be done moving forward if we are to include nuclear into the energy mix. So first, you can start by introducing yourself and what your role is in nuclear research in the Philippines. So I'm Dr. Carlo Arcilian, the director of the Philippine Nuclear Research Institute, which is under the DOST. We are the nuclear regulators of the Philippines, and uh, we also promote uh, nuclear technology. So we regulate nuclear medicine and isotopes, and uh, if the plant happens, we will be the regulators also. First of all, let's talk about what exactly nuclear energy is. What is it and why is it an option as an energy source? Yeah, energy is a big topic now, no? When you compare the energy sources of these materials like gasoline, even sunlight, wind, compare that with uh, nuclear fuel. Nuclear fuel has at least almost 4 million times the energy as found in one material, a similar material, let's say, of coal, gas. So you can see the huge energy density of nuclear materials. To put it in physics terms, uh, it has maximized E is equal to mc squared. The material energy equivalent is the square of the speed of light. So that's a huge amount. Nuclear is the only material that's able to take advantage of that. So its energy density is unmatched. But since it's very energy dense, you also have to manage it. So there are risks involved. But nuclear energy has been here for almost 60 years and then uh, has had a very strong safety record, maybe two or three accidents, and zero emissions, although there is also nuclear waste. But the nuclear waste can be isolated geologically. That is the current paradigm to put it safely outside of the realm of human touch. So the technology is already uh, perfected. Now, it's impossible to talk about the history of nuclear energy here without talking about the Bataan nuclear power plant. How much could it have contributed to the power grid if it had continued? First, let me put that in a historical context. In the 70s, I was then a high school student in Philippine science. What happened was that OPEC, the Organization of All Petroleum Exporting Countries, cartelized the oil supply. So they cartelized it and dictated the prices. The price of oil went up very high. And so we were victimized because we were importing oil from the OPEC. Then President Marcos, uh, the father of the current president, said, let not this happen to us that we are dependent on other countries. So he created the Ministry of Energy at the time, okay, and headed by Ronnie Velasco. So what did they do? They started looking for oil. They found oil, but not much. Looking for coal, found coal, but not much. They looked for geothermal. Fantastic. We're number two in the world now. And then created the P&O's group of companies and then constructed a nuclear power plant way ahead of the peers. We were the first one in the ASEAN in the Southeast Asia to build one nuclear power plant. So that 
that was 620 megawatts at that time. At that time, if I'm not mistaken, would have supplied 10-15% of the country's energy because it was not that big. Okay? But this is the problem. When you stop the nuclear plant in 86 uh, because of Corazon Aquino's political decision, influenced probably by the Chernobyl uh, disaster and then, of course, maybe allegations of corruption. What happened was that there were power failures and a study done in Atene recently said that the GDP would have been much, much, much more uh, had we opened the plant. You mentioned other energy sources we've used like coal and geothermal. So why would nuclear be a good addition to these energy sources? Yeah, people ask me that question uh, frequently, that we have so much potential for sun and then wind. So why even consider nuclear? I agree there's a lot of potential for wind and sun. No? But what is the reality of wind and sun? By the way, I, I would like to say it up front. We need wind and solar energy. But it cannot supply what we call the baseload electricity. Because wind and the sun are not there all the time. At night, there's no sun, and then the wind does not blow all the time. So the, what we call the capacity factor availability is only 30%. So what happens in the 70%? There must be another source, and that's typically now coal. Nuclear could supply that. So we encourage renewables. And by the way, we have geothermal and hydro. We're actually quite good with renewables as compared to other parts of the world. But our big problem is this. Coal, which supplies most of our energy, is imported mostly from Indonesia. And then 20% of our gas comes from Malampaya, which is running out in a few years. So we have a serious energy security issue. We're dependent on another country for energy and in fact a near miss happened in January of this year. Indonesia said because of the increasing price of coal we don't want to export anymore. We want to use them ourselves. It caused a crisis our foreign affairs diplomats practically kneeled in front of Indonesia saying, please, you're supporting more than half of our energy. So this is an illustration of how energy independence is important. And the current president, I think, understands that. As you know, the current president is looking towards nuclear power. What will be the future of that in the Philippines? And what exactly would it look like? Why do we consider nuclear? We don't have uranium here, although we have a small uranium deposit in Camarines Norte. But one thing about uranium, it's just high energy density. You don't need much of it. And uranium is much more common than coal. Okay, I'll give you an example, okay? Just to illustrate this. Let's say we rehabilitate the BNPP. And in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, if we're going to start nuclear, the fastest way is to rehabilitate the Batan nuclear power plant. Okay? Because the plant is already 100% done. The safety has been studied by the IEA back in the 80s. And it has three sisters, one in South Korea, another in Slovenia, another in Brazil, that are running for 35, almost 40 years, very profitably and safely. In fact, South Korea's plant recovered investment in only six years. Namanak na ng apat pang nuclear plants. South Korea now, by the way, started nuclear plants at the same time. As I said, 24 nuclear power plants. Electricity rate is half that of ours. So, if we operated the BNPP, the fuel will fit inside a jeepney, will last for 18 months, and will cost $20 million. If the BNPP were a coal plant, same output, 620 megawatts, the coal that you will need for 18 months will be 50 Panamax ships. A Panamax ship is 50 to 80,000 tons. Okay, with huge emissions at the cost of 600 to 800 million US dollars. Now, South Korea offered to actually rehabilitate our BNPP. Silanga gastos, I think 1.1 or 1.2 billion dollars in two years or three years, bawina yung kanilang investment. So that's why I can't understand why we don't want to restart. Of course, there are local issues, but the plaguing issues of the BNPP are perception. That there's a fault, that there's a volcano. Those are two false reasons. I don't know if you have time for that, but who will disprove those allegations? It will be Fibox. 
They can do an independent study. They have scientists and evidence-based. That's one of the greatest false news, fake news that has happened in the history of the Philippines, that there is a fault beneath the plant and that the volcano there is uh, potentially active to actually cause the disruption. That will be shown by FIVOX. Other countries have seen it. Of course, it's a debate. It has to be settled scientifically. To my mind, that is the biggest uh, objection to the BNPP. Now, but it's not only the BNPP because BNPP is only 620 megawatts. And the most expensive power in the Philippines are in the islands not connected to the grid. And that's where what we call the small modular reactors. Small nuclear power plants, maybe 70 megawatts, are very useful. This is now the, the big, it's a, it's a big nuclear renaissance now. Everybody's talking about it. But they're still about maybe eight years down the road because no one has built them. America has one of the most advanced designs, new scale. They didn't build it because they don't need it. America, by the way, has 94 large nuclear power plants active for almost 50 or 60 years. So for those who are concerned about safety, this is my question and answer to you. Why does America have 94 nuclear plants running for 60 years and they are giving them another license of 20 years? So you have an 80-year-old plant supplying 20% of their energy. If it is unsafe, why do you allow something like that to happen? And the nuclear plants are actually in, in ships, aircraft carriers, you know, submarines, and then they will even have micro plants. So that's the one important reason uh, why nuclear power is important. So another argument, 10 million Filipinos are abroad. And those 10 million Filipinos are probably in countries that have nuclear power. Ask them what is the cost of electricity in the countries they're working. Napakaliit po. In the Philippines, 10% of the take-home pay of the median Filipino goes to electricity. So expensive. When the electric bill comes, you know, you start shaking, my God, what will I do? You know, pambayad, no? When you buy an appliance, the first thing you ask, can I afford the added electricity cost? But when you're abroad, especially in America, nakabukas lahat ng appliances. This is what I would like our countrymen and the businessmen think when they talk about nuclear. Why do you think the dangers of nuclear are not as dire as people think? Yeah, it's not dire. It, it's made dire by the fake news. Because, as I said, for example, many people who are against nuclear, I mean, I know there's one professor who's a friend in the U.S. who's attacking me about the nuclear, but he lives in a state there are 10 nuclear power plants. He's using nuclear power. And, and actually, interestingly, Finland, which has actually had a, a green movement, they have converted to nuclear. It's an ideological change because why? We haven't even talked about what's happening with the climate now. It's very, very hot. The warming is there. Nuclear has zero emissions and we can dispose of the waste very safely using deep geologic isolation. So, you know, I can spend an hour talking about that. But there is a geologic solution for nuclear waste disposal. That happens to be my expertise. So please enlighten us. What is nuclear waste disposal and how do we do it? Okay, let me just explain that, right? Because one disadvantage, quote-unquote, of nuclear power is that the, the fuel, the waste, will last for 10,000 years. So you don't want that material to be interacting with human activities. So you put it back deep inside the earth where it came from, the uranium. So first thing that you do is that, let's say this is the, the, the nuclear waste, you wrap it with a material called bentonite. Bentonite is a clay mineral. Uh, the crystal structure is layered that has a negative charge. So if the uranium which is positively charged escapes, it will be trapped in the layers because negative and positive charges attract. Boom! So they get locked up there. That's a crystal trap from which there is no escape for 10,000 years. Then you bury it very deep. And then you get an isolated island of which we have many. You drill because we have the geothermal technology. We can drill up to three kilometers. You put the bentonite, a sealed waste, 
put it there. All of the ways can be there, seal it as if it didn't exist. And I will live in that island, you know, just to prove that, that if that happens, I will be the first one to, you know, to die, you know, if ever. Because I know the technology. The same way, by the way, with nuclear power plant. If they allow me, I can live a few days in the nuclear plant. In fact, I'd like to be inside a nuclear plant when there's an earthquake, which is built very, very, very strong. Alamo, BNPP has suffered many earthquakes. You know, it was a columnist who said that the upper earthquake to scare the nuclear proponents. I beg to disagree with the respected the columnist. There was an earthquake that happened in the 1990. The epicenter was Cabanatua, not far from BNPP. Nothing happened to it. Pinatubo is the next volcano to Natib. Wuhanigarso, nothing happened to it. And Natib, the volcano they're saying, is much older than Laguna Dibay. People are not aware that Laguna Dibay is a volcano. And all of the adobe, this building is built on, lot ng adobe sa Kamaynilaan, comes from the eruption of Laguna Dibay. 20,000 years ago. Laguna Dubai is younger than Mount Natib. Are you afraid that uh, it will erupt? It will not erupt. People that aren't even, don't know that's a volcano. Basically, why would BNPP plus the small modular reactors be the way to go? What will happen there is this. In my opinion, for example, BNPP, actually in BNPP, there are slots for two or three more. Maybe Korea wants to build a big nuclear plant there. By the way, Korea built four brand new nuclear power plants, large ones in the UAE, an oil-rich country. So just think, an oil-rich country building nuclear power plants. And Saudi Arabia, the richest oil-rich country in the world, is also going to be building nuclear plants. So that is for the main island of Luzon. But the other islands that are isolated, it will be very good to have the SMRs there. And I would like that if that happens, the electric cooperatives should partly own the SMRs so that the generation cost can be kept to a minimum, not profit extracted. Uh, I know that the cooperatives were criticized by some politicians as earning. They don't realize that most of the money that the cooperatives are getting come from the generation charges and the distribution. They only get a small amount of the electric bill. So the, in a sense, there has to be social consideration in the ownership of power generation. Actually, when nuclear is, there will have to be some amendments to some laws. For example, like IPIRA will have to be amended. And then the law governing a PNRI has to be amended or a new law separating a regulatory from our promotional aspects. Because right now, we do both. And it's not really good when someone is promoting and regulating at the same time. Would you say that with nuclear power as a solid source, it's possible to ease problems like high inflation and high price of commodities. You see, that takes time. I mean, the, the nuclear power will not be there for at least five or six years. The fastest there is BNPP revival. Then the SMRs may be eight. It will not solve those things, but it's only one part. If you don't take care of your energy, other things happen. But this is sure that if you don't take care of energy, for sure you will have inflation and everything. South Korea also has inflation now. I mean, the U.S., they have after recession. But energy is such an important part of human uh, existence that if you don't take care, and it's part of the sustainable goals of, of the U.N., you have to take care that it's affordable, safe. Okay, that's the most important thing. And then you can grow in other things. But if you don't solve your energy problem, you will have other problems that will come to you. I mean, it's obvious. Nang tumas yung presyo ng gasolina, sumunod na. I wanted to cook nilaga. Yung pangsahog lang. Yung patatas, yung sibuyas. <laughs> what? Wala pa yung karne. Ang mahal-mahal na. And, you know, I'm a government executive. I mean, I have a higher salary than ordinary guy. So, paano pa kaya yung ordinary tao? Moving forward, how do you think should we diversify the energy mix? Actually, the DOE secretary, I have high respect for him, a friend from UP, also a fellow professor, and he, he has been saying that indigenous sources. I'm a geologist, so I agree with him with that, to really spread the, the source. 
the number one priority should be to lengthen the life of Manampaya because that is 40% of Luzon and 20% and it's already there. How do you do that? You do drilling to see it. So we have to negotiate with China to leave us alone in that because it's ours. And I think that can be negotiated because many oil geologists I know are confident that uh, we are under-drilled. Because if we extend Malampaya, the benefits are already immediate. And that has been neglected for the past six years. Bisabihin, 40% of the zone will be there. You're buying time for nuclear to come in. So that's one. Geothermal exploration. The big geothermal fields have been discovered, but there are things that can still be developed. And then, of course, we have to ramp up uh, renewables like solar and wind. But remember, one megawatt of solar requires one hectare of land. But many rooftops can be done. And even wind, some of the windy areas. So those are all welcome. It's a, it's a mix. It's not just one. But we definitely have no big coal deposits. And that's where most of our <laughs> plants are right now. So we are in a, not in a good position with respect to that. We cannot have that. Some people are saying, what about deuterium? Those are still fusion. Those are still, you know, decades ahead. So very important, lengthen the life of Malampai to buy us time, okay? Because gas, even if it's a fossil fuel, has lower emission, and that's Philippine property. And then nuclear comes in because the electricity rate will only go down uh, because nuclear is cheap. So it is a mix. That's why the energy, the DOE, plus the DOST have to be very nimble to manage all of this. And I'm glad that there is a, an honest man, not corrupt person there. And hopefully we'll have a very good set of advisors who will help him. And our president is actually aware of this problem. And then it's actually in Congress, they created a special committee on nuclear power. That's how urgent they're looking at this. It will take what? four to five years for BNPP to be rehabilitated, and then eight to nine years to build SMRs. So would you say that with the current actions being taken, we can get these projects going already? Yeah. In fact, for example, there is a standing offer from the Koreans to restart the BNPP. But they'll have to solve the stakeholders' issue. Because if the stakeholders, the people around BNPP don't want it, the governor maybe, or the people in the church, then you will have to use the SMRs. Maybe they can develop faster. But definitely solar, wind, and geothermal, all of those have to be explored. Because if not, we will have brownouts. Especially if Indonesia, for example, decides not to sell. Or if the ISIS blocks the gateway, the, you know, the, the routes. That's happened in the past. And now you cannot just buy coal and gas. Everybody's <laughs> scrambling for them. Highest bidder. Hey, we don't have money, right? sa pandemic. That's why I think the urgency is there. And I, I'm appreciative that our president recognizes this. For those who still have a negative perception of nuclear or they're very worried about safety, what are the basic risk mitigation measures that you can share to address their concerns? Okay, several things. Number one, I understand because, as I said, because of the Hollywood influence, you know, even very prominent people have that misconception. Maybe first advice I can give them. First, we have been nuclear for almost 50 years. Less than 100 meters from where we're sitting is a research reactor that's been regulated by the IEA. The fuel for that is 10 times richer than a nuclear power plant. The reason why there's an itlog is that if there's an accident, it's contained there. So they can visit and see a research reactor operating to see how safe it is. And it was researched and defined and constructed by local Filipino scientists, many of them women, young women. So yun, para makita nila, see first a research reactor. And number two, see that there are many things that are nuclear. In nuclear medicine, for example, that they are not aware. If your body is being imaged, there's nuclear technology uh, uh, being used uh, there. 
PET CT scans, those are uh, nuclear medicine. You know, if you have uh, thyroid uh, cancer infections for cancer, that's nuclear technology. Ask relatives in other countries that are nuclear, how are the nuclear power plants there? Many people object nuclear power, not having realized that they have used nuclear power unknowingly. Many people who say that they're afraid of uh, nuclear power have been in the U.S., I'm sure. They've been to Japan, I'm sure, France. France is 60% uh, nuclear power. Now, people ask me, oh, hindi mo nga mapaandar ang mga tren mo, mag-ambition ka pa ng nuclear. Nuclear technology is quite mature and old technology. It's very simple. A jet plane is more complicated than a nuclear power plant. Who maintains our jet planes? They're Filipino engineers. It is an insult to think that our engineers cannot run a nuclear plant. The nuclear plants that was recently built in the UAE, I talked to one of the managers, said there are many Filipino engineers there. So this is what I'm saying. And knowledge drives out fear. And that's the most important thing. I mean, just be open uh, to that possibility. If we had a lot of geothermal, I wouldn't. Why would I consider nuclear? But if you look at our energy mix, we are really in serious trouble. You mentioned the reactor here at PNRI. What can you tell us about that? First, why do we need a reactor? It's been here for almost 60 years. It's important because nuclear science requires that you study the dynamics of neutrons. There's no other lab in the Philippines that has neutron technology. So we can train the scientists, the engineers, on how to shield against neutrons, how they operate, and then we will not have fission. It's subcritical, so it will not explode. <laughs> but they will understand the basics of atomic uh, energy and training. You know, there's no radiation, whatever it is, and then they can, they can see. To see is to believe. We can study there, for example, with a neutron flux. We can study analysis of materials how to improve the shielding of some facilities that involve neutrons. Because this is our important basic training for the nuclear power. By the way, when you have a nuclear power plant, you don't need a lot of nuclear engineers. What you need are operators. I've seen the sister plant of the BNPP in Slovenia. You don't have to think almost. They have manuals. If the reading is there, you check, and then you make the adjustments. So how can Filipino engineers and operators develop the skills to support nuclear energy in the Philippines? We don't have nuclear engineers because there are no jobs. For example, what we will do is quote-unquote nuclearize them. Because the difference between a typical power plant and a nuclear plant is maybe only 15 to 20%. The rest is still turbines, generators, which are standard electrical engineers. Maraming magagaling sa atin na engineers na ganyan. They will just have to learn the small part of the nuclear. You know, submarines, imagine the first nuclear power plants for energy were put in submarines. Submarines, you're underneath the ocean, 5 kilometers. Natutulog ka katabi mo yung nuclear plant sa unan mo, practically. And in fact, the design is so safe that the years of experience, they got that design and put it on land. So it's really old and mature technology. And we have millions of engineers who have been around the world building things. Some of them have retired from nuclear uh, operations abroad. They're calling me. When the nuclear program starts, please, I can give you help pro bono. Just to clarify, what should be the immediate steps this 2022 when it comes to nuclear power? Some immediate steps, number one, is to rehabilitate what we call the Nuclear Energy Program Implementing Organization. The EEOs signed by President Duterte and the initiative by the President now created multi-agency organization called the Nuclear Energy Program Implementing Organization or the NEPIO. So that organization headed by the DOE, co-chaired by the DOST, has to move very fast. They will be the implementing organization. We will be following the IAEA guidelines. So several things, parallel things. The nuclear law has to be passed. 
maybe the amendment to the EPIRA, the nuclear, uh, comprehensive nuclear law, which is basically on safety, security, and safeguards. And then we will have to have also manpower. So, so there will have to be that. So the schools might have to open courses on nuclear. Then we have to talk to vendors. We have to start vetting sites. The town of Labrador, Pangasinan, is requesting that a nuclear plant be set up in their municipality. And it's asking us to help vet the sites for a nuclear power plant. Would you say that the perception of nuclear has been improving? In those countries, for example, in, in Finland, I mean, in Switzerland, for example, Switzerland is 60% hydro, 40% nuclear. The nuclear plants are beside schools and hospitals. So uh, it's not really a big deal. And yeah, that's why the bad perception of the BNPP is one of the greatest fake news ever impands on the Filipino population. Previously, you mentioned IAEA. So what exactly does it do as a watchdog? Thank you for reminding me of that. Because as an energy source, if you look at this, you have coal, gas. There's no international watchdog for coal, even for wind or solar. But there is one for nuclear. And it's part of the United Nations, International Atomic Energy Agency. And its functions are three S's. Safety, security, and safeguards. Let me explain the three. First, when you build a nuclear plant, all of the laws to protect public safety. That is our main concern. If it's not safe, don't. So all of the protection. So they check if our nuclear plants are going to be operated. We will ask the IE inspectors to inspect it. There's going to be a final safety assessment report. We have a copy of the one from BNPP. Na approved na yan in our library. Anyone who's willing to come, they can review what you call the FSA report. So public safety is number one. Security. Why security? To prevent the materials from being used by terrorists. Because they, they can use it as dirty bombs or even the fuel, etc. So the security for a plant has to be established. And the last one is safeguards. So that the country using the nuclear material cannot use it to make nuclear weapons. The Philippines has a prohibition for nuclear weapons but not for nuclear power. Some people are saying unconstitutional. No, the prohibition is on nuclear weapons. That is why up to now, since we have nuclear fuel here, even if it's a small amount, we get inspectors from the IAEA. They come unannounced. So they will look at our accounting, where is your, you know, fuel. And by the way, that's, for example, if you notice that there's a problem now in Ukraine, right? Russia is, uh, you know, launching missiles close to the nuclear plant. I mean, it's really criminal. Pero the, the IE is very busy on that. They want to be inspecting the nuclear plants because if something happens there, it's not only Ukraine, it's the whole Europe that will suffer from that. And I don't think the Russians, I mean, I don't want to make political uh, things on that. I know that the IE is very, very active. So you'd say there's definitely no way to build a nuclear power source haphazardly. That's right. We're following the IA guide. And the IA has compiled the best practices in what we call the 19 milestones, which we check. So, you know, we're not going to do this you know, surreptitiously. It will be open following the, the milestones, following the best practices. That's good to hear. Thank you, Dr. Arcelia, for sharing your knowledge of nuclear power here at B-Side. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Dr. Carlos A. Arcelia, director of the Philippine Nuclear Research Institute, talking about the potential of nuclear power. In his conversation with Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana, he described nuclear technology as being an old and mature technology that is simpler to maintain than a jet plane. Contrary to what Hollywood movies say, nuclear energy is efficient, cheap, and safe, says Dr. Arcelia. He added that in terms of energy security, the Philippines is, quote, 
really in serious trouble, end quote. And that if we don't solve our energy problems, then other problems, such as inflation, will come to us. This B-side episode was recorded at the Philippine Nuclear Research Institute in August 2022. It was produced by Joseph Emmanuel L. Garcia, Earl R. Lagundino, and me, Sam El Marcelo. Thanks for listening.